And we're back for another episode of Hard Not Life, which is dedicated to the new core of hip hop, the business, the brand, and the balance between authenticity and entertainment. <laughs> that works. <laughs> Shout out to Classic Material and Y and the big homie Carlos. Power is hard, not life. Word. Shout out to Next Step and Evolution TD. We miss you, boo. Uh, we do break down the deals on the real, the bars and the beef. How's everybody doing? I'm good. <laughs> Curveball? Yeah, no, that's not how it's not. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. Yeah. I was expecting you to be like, you know, the topic is the most important part. Uh, have you noticed? I haven't introduced my co-host yet. <laughs> my co-host like to introduce himself. That's true. That is your, yeah, your regular format. You are changing it up a little bit. I know. I'm trying. I'm just, okay. I'm just saying because we were working on that format for so long and I finally knew when I was supposed to jump in. And now you changed the format. Yo, so you, threw, like, yo. you threw authentic in at the, the odd time. So I thought we were freestyling it. No. You yeah. said authentic. How no. authentic works is you say authentic in no. the sentence, you pause, I say authentic. No, I, I was talking about the balance between authenticity and entertainment, and then I say we record in the most, most authentic, authentic spot, spot. Yes. but we no but longer we're, record we're, there. Exactly. But I was going to like segue and you know, talk about how class material is still authentic. Okay. So how's everybody doing? <laughs> no, it's all good. I am your host and your moderator, Lion Goodman, the Lion of Bed-Stuy. But my co-host likes to introduce himself. Yo, what's up? I'm VK Marco, a.k.a. New Jersey's Juggernaut, a.k.a. Young Drogon, because I'm big, I'm black, and I spit hot fire. That was a Game of Thrones reference, by the way. Our EP is here. Oh, yes, I'm here. Hi. She about the bread. I'm about that money. Yes. 2019, about that money. You know what? I'm changing I'm changing my whole philosophy on life. Me. Fuck you, pay me. That's how it is. Woo! Hey. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a good that's a good point. Hmm. Tying it back to the topic because we're talking we're discussing internet rap. Yes. And the internet really opened up the the industry to to teenagers and you know being able to showcase their their art, market themselves to directly to their audience and to build their brands organically or possibly with the help of labels in the background but as far as what it looked like on the internet you you had a whole bunch of young people really infiltrating the industry we bring this up because soldier boy has been going on rampages uh, <laughs> whether it's a type of troll marketing or cocaine <laughs> Nah, 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 nah. We we not gonna do that. What are we oh, talking about? I don't on. know. I don't see. This is why I don't want to say it's a cocaine fueled rampage, because that is dismissive. I would like to believe that in his mind, he believes every single word that he's saying, and he is out here just chilling, not exactly shucking and jiving, but shucking and jiving for the cameras and for his moment. And he is seizing this opportunity. And not on drugs. I don't think it has anything to do with drugs. I think he makes valid. I think he makes a lot of valid points. I think there's a moment for him to capitalize upon his new fame or his re reimagined fame. And this is what's happening. 
This is different from Ray J calling the Breakfast Club and saying, I got an indoor pool and an outdoor pool. They can be on coke and still be honest. And that was the point I was making, is that Ray J probably has an indoor pool and an outdoor pool. Oh, yeah, he does. And it's yes. probably also on cocaine. I just think it's dismissive if we're just like, yo, this is all because he's on drugs. I would like to think that this is him really being like, this is my moment in trying to seize it. Because if we just dismiss it as this is a drug-fueled rage, then it's like, all right, so it was all the drugs and he doesn't have to take any personal responsibility for it. If we say this is him, then any fallout that comes from this is on him as a person. And it has no other outside influence upon it. So he can't be like, oh, I cleaned up and found Jesus. Nah, fam. Own young Draco. Own this. I think I understand where you're coming from, where you think it's dismissive. If he was or if he wasn't, what he said is what we're here to discuss. Whether or not I think he was or you think he wasn't doesn't dismiss the validity of some of his claims but there are also a whole lot of lies there the point that we're discussing today is whether or not he is the pioneer the forefather or the founder of internet rap that's a deal that's a deal okay great so uh, let's start with what is internet rap. Internet rap seems to be a group of rappers that got their start not from getting signed and getting a record deal, but from promoting themselves through the internet. So I think the first time I really remember seeing this was the 2009 XXL class. Just listen listen to these names real quick. Kid Cudi, Wale, B.O.B., Charles Hamilton, Asher Roth, Corey Guns, Blue, Mickey Fax, Ace Hood, and Currency. Wow, Blue made it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's actually that was, kind of amazing. That was like the very first. These are a lot of people that got there. They were putting music heavily on MySpace. They were using the internet to promote themselves and their music primarily. Charles Hamilton was doing a lot on the internet and mm-hmm. was building his base not just through his music that he was putting out but also just through the blogs he was making. Even that is still 2009. And that's what I look at, like the first real round of internet rappers. But I guess Soulja Boy started popping in 2007, more so than being the pioneer of internet rap. So he's definitely the, the granddaddy of ringtone rap. Because he came right, he came right at that sweet spot where ringtones weren't just very bad 8-bit versions of things a la JT Money. So we had just gotten past that point and phones actually started sounding like things. Soldier Boy got in there, made a million dollars off ringtones. You make a really good point about the XXL freshman cover. Those artists definitely made their bones on the internet. Maybe a few of those guys were building traction you know, near town. Currency comes to mind. But I think a lot of those artists were definitely um, building their brands online. Yeah, ringtone rap. That's 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 interesting because I look at ringtone rap as the music that were converted into ringtones before even 2007. From 2002 to 2005 for Sidekicks. I can, honestly I can't speak for any other region, but Dipset Anthem. 
I Really Mean It, Wale. These were songs that were on sidekicks all over the city during that time. You can still argue that those are still artists that made their bones through the old system, through the major label ranks, more so than doing it themselves. Like, this is where the music industry was kind of going away from the model of finding someone, signing that person, and then promoting them. There was a system of checks and balances, and like you wrote for somebody before you got put on, and then you got put on to be propped up as the next person up back when Cameron and Mace were doing their things. And someone had to go out and discover you. At least then it started being, oh, well, what's popping on the internet? Oh, this person already has their own waves. I vividly remember hearing Asher Ross, a uh, manager at the time, uh, Scooter Braun, who is Justin Bieber's manager and power player in the music industry now, just being in Fat Beats to do an interview and just saying, yo, I went out there looking for the next white rapper and just being like, yo, he's not going to be like Eminem. He's just going to be a dude. It's going to be a regular guy. And that's going to be the appeal to him. And then he found Asher, like on MySpace. That's what I would say would be the difference between like Dipset who are already in the system and then made money like on sidekicks as opposed to like soldier boy who it feels as though like he built his brand via the internet then people had to take notice and because he connected with the people that were using cell phones to that capacity like all the kids at the time then that translated into like ringtones really mattering and the fact that he owned all the rights he made all the beats wrote everything no samples like all that money was going straight to him to counter that, when you think of the internet and what it's done to rap in particular, it's blurred the regions, it's blurred the sounds, it is really grassroots, it's really pushed by the people, essentially. The labels follow behind those acts. Granted, Cameron definitely had a career dating back to the, the 90s. Horse and Carriage obviously was an incredible album before he started his Rudy Tootie flow. What other act would personify what the internet did? Jim Jones's crunk music, which I believe came out in 2003, was not a crunk song, but it was infectious. Again, I'm speaking from the New York space. When you bring up Asher Roth, you know, he was discovered by a manager, found him on MySpace, inserted into the engine. What I'm getting at with that is that it, I think that Dipset is as organic as Soldier Boy because I've seen that he is pretty much erasing the impact that Mr. Collie Park had in his, his career early on. I think that Mr. Collie Park was instrumental to the introduction of his career. And as much as we're giving these at the credit, Dipset, Soldier Boy, Asher Roth, Yo, even Charles Hamilton. I think ultimately we got to give more credit to the DJs, the DJ Smalls, the DJ Drama that were actually on the internet who went digital uh, the second that next generation following behind a DJ Clue and the DJ Envy and putting their mixtapes online. I think that maybe that piff was really what brought on the internet age of rap because that was all fueled by the people i don't know if i can give a bunch of credit to what the internet boom was to one site in particular you had two dope boys dat piff kanye university yo djboof.net 
Like, yo, dot nets were popping back then, fam. Like, that's how real it was. It's really hard to point all that success to just one site. It wasn't just one site getting traffic. It was a lot of people getting traffic. The other thing is, too, like, people were meeting each other through different sites. Like, people were meeting each other on, like, OK Players message boards, which at one point were, like, legendary for that sort of thing. And as far as Soldier Boy, like, like Mr. Kyla Park might have signed him to a major deal, but Soldier Boy produced the majority of his own beats. I can't believe I'm freaking defending Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy produced the majority of all his own beats. Like, you can give Prince's producers credit, but if I'm playing all the instruments and I'm writing all the rhymes and I'm performing all the stuff and I'm recording everything, like, thank you for putting me on the platform. But it's like the art, the actual art of it, it's like, I'm doing that. I'm not saying he didn't put him in a position to succeed. I'm just saying, like, Soldier Boy has left an indelible impact on hip hop. A much bigger one than Ja Rule, by the way. Just want to point that out. Disagree. There would be no kiss me through the phone without always on the time. So shout out to the God of Rap. Yeah, you yeah, you 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 asked for that. Yo, Ja Rule did not lead a generation of rappers. If anything, Ja Rule had a moment at a time when other people had moments and was happy to be there. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah. what's a moment if it's five years long? Vinny Vedivici to Rule. Come on, stop it. Five years. That's an era. I guess. Exactly. I don't know, man. Exactly. I just, I just it's very hard for me. It's it's very very. Kiss very me through the phone. Always there when you call. Always on time. Stop it. Stop it. See, you just man, he, never made, he never made. He never made. Yo, ja Rule never made a dunk or never made a crank that. Give me some time. I can scour. Never his. made. Never made a turn my swag on. Holla holla. The holla holla was a fucking ripoff to me of um Memphis Bleak, Memphis Bleak is. Both of those songs came out like around the same time. Well wait, wait, wait. Ja Rule, no. though, ja Rule did start like the whole rap singing yes, he did. type thing we going on. Yes, yeah, so we did. You we, brought yes. it up. Yeah, but you're bringing Stop it back mad. up. But he's Yo, you brought it saying, up. I'm just okay. saying that he is he does you gotta give him some credit. What the internet did with hip hop was it lowered the bar for entry. Because before then, you had to go somewhere, you had to find somebody that made beats. Making beats was infinitely harder than it was now. You had to then, you and him had to go somewhere and rent studio time somewhere. And it was very confined to who you were around because it's a lot harder to meet somebody in Norway in 2000 than it was in 2007 internet wasn't the way it was now at all but i think that's a good thing when you actually look at the history of hip-hop you were put on by a in and this is the point that dj green lantern made you were put on by either a jewish lawyer or a drug dealer there is a, a democratization of the music when you have more people that have access to the tools to create the music people get mad at that but be mad at the people who want it that was the interesting thing about soldier boy is that you had 40 something year old people or damn near 40 something year old people who are lambasting children but if the children are listening to the music then you can't be mad at the audience right there at one point people hated hip-hop they thought that rap, in essence, was terrible music. This is the the old heads always hating argument, right? I know a lot of old heads that don't aren't necessarily hating. Jay Smooth is an old head. He's not always hating. He'll 
talk about something and he'll be discerning when it comes to things but he's not hating i think we have such a weird relationship with our elders in hip-hop because one the genre is only 40 years old at this point mm-hmm. yeah so the genre is only like 45 years old our founders in theory can still be alive people that went to those first original parties are still alive you can still get a first-hand account of when hip-hop started twitter's right now and when you look at chris rock chris rock is somebody who was carrying crates for houdini back in the day in new york he's always talking about the migos and has been on several rap albums i think the idea of the old head hating new hip-hop is somewhat overblown and i think it's a fun story to tell but i see what people are talking about like there is a disconnect between the older generation and newer generation and part of that is one how they got on to two the barrier for entry and three what their hip-hop was based around if you're talking to somebody like jadakiss he really had to go through people in battles and be like i have to really be able to rap when you talk to somebody like now it's just like now nah, i gotta make sure that the song sounds dope as hell you got and you have to be able to market and brand yourself yeah but it's less about lyricism and i think that's the problem with the old heads because right now you don't need to have lyrics and that's the that was the basis of hip-hop like no wait wait, so i i'm actually going to channel uh, a point that the k marco has has brought up several times people are creating art Mm -hmm. so when you're an old head and you're getting mad at somebody who's out here if you're getting mad at a soldier boy 10 years ago or a little yachty now what are you actually mad at are you mad at because they're getting access to the endorsements? Are you getting mad because they're getting the attention? Or what? Like, you're what getting, is the issue? You're getting mad because there is for an old. I'm not. I am an old head. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm an old head. The whole thing is, it was based off of lyricism, like rap. And now it's had, not. And and that's the problem. Like once there was upon no a time, talent. There was once, there's no, no talent I disagree. behind it. Yes, there's a difference. And that's I'm not and saying no, because that there once isn't. upon a time it was based on parties. You can like people can spit that. their lyrics and there's a place yeah, for but them. those the, but you can't say Soldier Boy can spit lyrics. I think that he can cr- construct songs that people want to listen to. We've changed uh what certain people's struggles are, right? People are prospering more than they did 20 30 years ago in certain ways so instead of the struggle being like yo i can't eat or yo i'm on the streets and i have to deal with crackheads now the struggle is everybody's emo everybody's on pills everybody's trying to deal with emotional stress and like seeing therapists so now we get the rise of emo rap and we're simultaneously being like oh well look at how sensitive these guys are but also saying like yo look at how sensitive these guys are and we're saying the same thing from two different angles and it sounds weird. So in the same way that you're like, yo, you feel like cats aren't spitting lyrics or cats aren't being genuine and they're just like doing it for money or there's no, it takes no talent. I would say that it takes a talent to put together bodies of work the way that little Uzi Vert does. Lyricism is one facet of rap, one facet of hip hop. I understand that there is a lack of respect for the old heads. On the other side, from a a position of the generation that they came from, business was also predatory. Most of the artists that came out of the 90s were in bad deals. Of course. And so there is a sense of if you want me to help put you on, then you also have to pay, do your due diligence. You got to pay dues. But now they don't have to. And this is what rap is now. Rap is now a pop culture it is 
easily accessible. Once upon a time, all you need is Fruit Loops. Now you can build your own setup, have your own studio. And this is not limited to rap. There are plenty of DJs that we love, Keitronada, Taku, that are building their careers from their homes. Lyrically, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have J.I.D., Mm-hmm. Earth Gang, mm-hmm. Finn Staples, mm-hmm. Earl Sweatshirt, mm-hmm. J. Cole, mm-hmm. Chance the Rapper, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar, Schoolboy Q. Like, we can keep going. Like, these cats are out here rapping. Some of them are out here rapping and having number one albums. No, they 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 do. But, and, and people who are old do respect that. Yeah. And then, and even personal friends like Westside Gun and Conway and Dave East, right? Mm-hmm. But we perpetuate the narrative that all new when you say things like all these new rappers or the majority of these new rappers when you're making these blanket statements what you're doing is you're inherently denying all the other artists out there that are spitting in the face of that narrative and are succeeding while they're doing it that's not fair it's not fair to people like rhapsody it's not fair to people like kamaya like, it's not fair, and we're perpetuating this crazy false stereotype that new rappers aren't rapping. The internet, we're talking, like, you can talk about the Coles, the Rhapsodies, the Kendricks. These are all 30-plus. These are 80s babies that came up and grew up on the 90s, if their parents were actually listening to rap music. But now we're talking about another version of the internet that has also come up that really are kind of from the tree of Soldier Boy, the little Yachty's, the Trippy Reds, the little pumps, the little pumps that were exposed to the music that they came of age to. They all love Drake and they love Lil Wayne. You know what else, too? I think we're severely discounting just the idea of taste. In my research for this topic, when I was listening to all these Soldier Boy interviews, guess what word I really had defined for me and I only had a loose understanding of? Cap and no cap. I heard DJ Academics say that shit about 30 times in their interview. Cap, no cap, cap, no cap. And as a 33-year-old, it's just like, I'm not using this slang with any of my friends. That, and it's going to be uh, that, that term was popularized by 35-year-old future. But I don't know too many of the people that I interact with on a regular basis that are using that term. Of course, right? of course not. So the same, in much the same way, is like, yo, if you grew up listening to Boom Bap in New York, then that's going to be your bread and butter. And unless you really go outside of yourself, it's going to be... It, I can understand how you're like, I don't want to listen to this other shit. Even Jada Kiss was saying, yo, switch your style up, go Southpaw. There was a lot of cats like, that's cool. I'm going to keep listening to my Cool G rap tapes and my DITC tapes. That's perfectly fine. It's music. It's supposed to be subjective. The people that have objectivity are supposed to be the people with voices that can kind of bring clarity to it. But for the most part, because it's so emotional, because it can be so regional, and because it is so expressive, it's going to be subjective. So much in the same way when Mika hears, when Mika doesn't hear the soul in like Lil Pump or like doesn't care about like maybe Wiz Khalifa, right? Like that makes sense to me because she's not looking for a deeper meaning. All she does is hear the beats. She hears like half a bar and being like, I don't understand why I'm listening to this. Whereas you (laughs) might listen to it and I might listen to it. Like I remember listening to Cushion Orange Juice 
and Wiz Khalifa's album and just saying, you know what? I think this entire album is about prospering and working really, really hard, which is the opposite of what almost anybody else I've ever talked to about that album got out of it. That's most people is just something to roll weed to, listen to and get really high to and zone out to me because I don't smoke. All Wiz ever said on that album was, I worked really hard to become famous. I was in the studio all the time. You can do the same thing I'm doing, my G. You just have to work as hard as me. But that's that's me going outside of like the stuff that I grew up listening to. Because if high school Kyle would be like, this is bullshit. And I'm just listening to The Roots, Common, Talib Kweli, and Most Def. And that was the only shit that I knew about. Because that was the shit that I was... It wasn't just the only thing I was exposed to, but the cast that I was hanging out in high school, they're passing the tapes around like it's crack. And that's the shit that I'm listening to and hyped to hear about. Like, it's perfectly fine for someone to not like something. And they could just not like it. Because hip-hop was this homogenous thing for so long, they're like, now nah, I gotta fuck with all of it. Like, all of it you gotta fuck with. It's too big, man. It's way too big. Like, I'm never gonna listen to a, 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 a Juggalos album. Like, I'm just not going to do it. This was definitely a spirited uh, debate and discussion. And we are definitely eager to hear what your opinion on uh, this is. The state of internet rap or the state of rap because of the internet. Soldier Boy, hero or villain or an entrepreneur or an artist. Uh, We're eager to hear. You can... Give us your opinion on our social media, HKL Podcast, on both Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook now. Are we on Facebook? Yes. Okay. You can check out Class of Materials' newest gear at classofmaterialny.com. And so, we know that you're living this hard night life, but we hope you're making it look easy. Until next time. Peace.